Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. It's a Friday, Griffka's favorite day of the week. We're here talking Detroit Lions right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I'm your host, Eric Oakry. Um, excited to talk Lions again. We had a fun show on Wednesday. If you didn't hear that, please go back and listen. We talked about all types of stuff. We got into the cuts the Lions made. We talked about college football, all types of scenarios and things that might go down. Uh, Corey Unling and Daryl Bevel stepped to the podium, so you know I had to talk about that. And you definitely got to go back and hear the 10-round Detroit Lions, Detroit Kool-Aid cast, draft, me versus Grifka. Who can put together the best Lions squad? I mean, that was tremendous. Grifka, how you doing on this Friday? I think I know. Yeah, yeah I'm doing good. Doing good. But uh, as everybody knows, it's uh, summertime. Training camp is uh, happening. And uh, it's going to be a nice weekend. Once again, everybody stay cool because we're back up into the 90, you know, low 90s here in uh, the great state of Michigan. So uh, stay cool. Stay inside. Uh, once again, watch some of those football movies I talked about on my last show uh, that uh, you might be interested in if you haven't seen any. I know being you all football fans that uh, you probably have seen them all. So throw one of those and have a good time doing that. But uh, TGIF, thank God it's Friday. Grifka, it's a Friday. You've given people weather report. You sort of told them to go outside, which I know is your gimmick. Just tell people to go do all these random activities. But we're here to talk football. I mean, we're recording here late in the week. Next Monday or so, the Detroit Lions will actually be on the practice field, throwing the football around, eventually putting on a set of pads. And before you know it, it's going to be that first week or so of September, and we'll be playing the Chicago freaking Bears. So what are we talking about here on a Friday on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast? What are we serving up for the people? What are we asking the people to, I don't know, drink it in here on a Friday? Drink it in, Well, it's Friday, so, you know, I'm going to start you off with something just to kind of get under your nerves. But this is just a short one. <laughs> Here we uh, once go, again, people. Darius Slay, one of my four, you know, favorite players. You know, Here we favorite go. Players exactly. I'm kind of getting tired of him talking junk. It's like, dude, stop being the jilted lover. Yeah, we got it. You know, it's over. You got traded out. You know, he's back on Twitter saying or Instagram, whatever, his post saying, you know, he liked it there in Philadelphia because the players were treated like men. That's pretty much all he said. But, uh, you know, everybody knows that, you know, Patricia has a certain way of coaching and everybody knows uh, Peterson's more of a, a player's coach that kind of lets them slough off and let them, I don't say lack of a better term, do what they want. But uh, I mean, I mean, really what kind of pathetic dig is that, you know, like uh, in Philadelphia, we're treated like men. Grifka, is, is this a real question on a Friday? Are you really bringing this to me? Your boy Slay, you're giving me this ridiculous, we've been over this a million times, and now you're acting like you're done with him. You know you love this guy. You shook his hand. Are we really doing this to start off the show on a Friday? 
Yeah, I just went light this weekend because I, you know it's it's going to be warm outside, and I know you've been eating better, but I do care about your health. I don't I don't want you having a stroke or a heart attack over over something like that in, in summertime. Griffka, you're going to give me one with these Friday questions. Like, how, how many times <laughs> I gotta I gotta recount, you know, uh, the 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 quitter Calvin Johnson, who I actually listened to his podcast. I've been meaning to do this the last couple of weeks. Most people would think I I'm, I'm well past a rant on Calvin for that thing he did with Glover Quinn. I actually listened to it and I felt like Calvin Johnson was very respectable. He didn't take any pot shots. He, the things he said were most, you know, pretty much above board. It actually reminded me of why I liked the guy before he quit on the team. So, you know, I'll still do a Calvin rant from time to time, but he did earn back some of my respect. But now you're asking me about what are you, what are you going to ask me next? What, what's Quandre Diggs saying on Twitter? Is that your next follow up? I mean, how many times do I got to deal with these guys? They're not on the team. They're not on the team for a reason. Why he would say something like that in the manner he did just shows me why it was such an issue here for the football team of all these little innuendos and probably talking behind coaches back and, you know, oh, I just, uh, you know, I just want to play on Sundays. I don't want to work hard throughout the, whatever the question is, like, Darius Slay, go enjoy your time in Philly. Like, a lot of the Detroit fans enjoyed your time here. Grifka loves you. I thought you were decent. I don't know that you ever lived up to your name. Big play because all you did was knock the ball down every once in a while and and play decent in coverage, but you didn't have too many turnovers when you really look at it at the end of the day. So go ahead and yuck it up in Philly. Go ahead and, and practice in shells and run around in shorts all day and, and laugh it up and then watch uh, Grifka's favorite team, the Philadelphia Eagles, do nothing like they normally do. Wow, they might make the playoffs. Congratulations. Then and they'll get bounced. You know, they'll, their quarterback will get hurt for the fifth time. And then you'll be sitting there whining about something else. Like, I've had enough of this. I think that I don't understand why Slay can't understand that, hey, you know, okay, it was tougher here. You know, you were used to the Cal- Caldwell Country Club. You were used to showing up and, and just uh, doing whatever you wanted and having coach stand at the 50-yard line with his arms crossed. Well, things changed two years ago, and now it's two years later, and you're gone. You got your contract. You got everything you wanted. How about you just say, I loved my time in Detroit. I loved the fans. I, I gave them everything I had, and leave it at that. Nobody wants to hear about all this other stuff you're talking about. You could also say it in this way. Oh, man, I love this. Uh, my, I love my new team, the great teammates, and I had great teammates in Detroit as well. Boom, over. That's all you got to say. This isn't hard PR work, Darius Filet. Like, just don't say this stuff. Everybody knows what you're saying, but you're not saying it, but you're kind of saying it, but you shouldn't be saying it. So stop saying it. Grifka, stop asking me about this. What else we got? Okay, take a deep breath. Find your son. <sighs> and move on. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, training camps up. And, you know, Matt Stafford went out there once again, not trying to make it a COVID show. But uh, he did say it, it feels pretty safe there at training camp, the way they have everything working. And he was he was uh, obviously very pleased to get uh, his uh, test back and he came back as the false positive. So um, do you think, like, because we've seen in other sports where guys have left the bubble and they got to sit out and – do you think the NFL is going to take more of a handle on it so they can get their season started on time where we see, you know, in the sport we shall not speak of, you know, teams are going to, are missing a lot of games because, you know, players become really lax and, you know, you know, they're getting tested positive. So do you think the, the NFL is going to be put more of the hammer down to hopefully get the season going on time as opposed to maybe a few of the other sports? 
I, you know, here's what I think, to be honest. Like, I'm getting real yeah, – I tried to make it a point to talk football here on my podcast. I'm getting real sick of her, hearing the word COVID every other word. Um, you know, I, I think I banged on Lo- Detroit Lions media on Twitter recently because I watched a – what was it, a Matt Patricia or maybe a player interview or something like that. All these people want to talk about is every question is COVID. It's like nothing about football. Like, I'm just sick of all this. So, yeah, I think the NFL, you know, I don't think they're getting enough credit for doing a really good job here in the early stages. Now, we haven't had players banging each other in practice and sweating on each other and and doing full contact. I mean, that's going to be another situation. But up till now, I mean, the numbers are great. I, I feel like. Everything they've done is pretty much worked. I think I saw something come out before recording here, like less than one percent of the whole league has is on that you know COVID list. You know, Matt Stafford. You know, you know, sorry you got a false positive. I don't know why his wife went so crazy. Like, hey, these things happen in the medical field. You know, they can't always get everything perfectly a hundred percent. I'm sorry that maybe you had a couple discussions with neighbors and whatnot, but it's like, it's not the end of the world, especially when you have millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. I'm, I'm sure that little inconvenience wasn't the biggest deal. So it's like, I feel like all these little road bumps that we're running into is kind of just like, it reminds me that, yeah, you got to take this serious. Yeah. We got to be preventative, but part of me is starting to think like, is this as big of a deal as we're making it out to be? Like, I feel like they can sort of play and, and make it through. Everybody acts like they're going to quit after two weeks. I mean, I'd be surprised at this point. I think we can give football. I think they've taken the right precautions. I think America as a whole needs to take a little bit more precautions and stop acting like they can just do whatever they want. If you follow the procedures and you are, are careful as the NFL has been, I think things come together and this isn't a, a death warrant you know the minute you stop you know step outside you just have to be careful and and live a little bit differently right now so yeah uh, to the big part of your question I think is yeah I think the NFL can move forward I think they've been doing as good or better than than these teams are in a bubble the NFL is its own bubble to some degree I was telling a friend they only play once a week you know like yeah you're going to practice and whatnot but you can ease up on practices and be very careful at your home facility. You really only got to get out there once a week on a Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever it is. That should be manageable. I mean, these other sports are playing every day or, you know, UFC, there's plenty of contact. But because they've been doing all the testing, it's been fine. So, you know, my, my full answer is just, yeah, I think they're moving forward really well. I think that they can get a season and... You know, I think Matt Stafford's thing was just one of those things that happens, you know, like, let's get over it and understand that mistakes happen. And, you know, it's going to be OK, you know, to his family, his kids and whatever. And he seems to be in good spirits about it. So not a big deal, in my opinion. Yeah, I I don't want to reiterate your whole thing, but I'm right there with you. So and you I think, agree? Um, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> And I think that I think the NFL is really looking to, you know, not have like any games missed. I know the sport we shall not speak of, like I mentioned, they're having a lot of trouble with that with some teams where some teams have played like, you know, let's say like a quarter of the season and other teams have played like, you know, maybe like like five games simply because they haven't been able to play. We're, we're so not going to talk the NFL's about not the... going to be able to do that. We're not so, going to talk about the sport we shall not speak of, but the difference is they're traveling like every five to seven days and they're playing every day. 
that that's a much bigger deal than the NFL, which travels in a virtual bubble everywhere they go, private planes, you know, escorts, buses, everything. Like you just got to show up to an empty building and play a football game and get out of there. Like it's a totally different animal. I, I feel totally confident that the NFL is going to play. I'm very disappointed college isn't, um, but I understand because of the players not being professionals or being paid, that's the dynamic, not so much, hey, you couldn't play in these empty stadiums in college football. I think it's similar, you know, have light practices, play once a week and get through your season. I think it could happen, but there's just other liabilities in college. So the NFL, just keep moving forward, keep doing your thing, and hopefully you know, nobody gets in the way and acts like, oh, we got to just cancel everything, cancel everything until 2022, and then it'll be okay. Like, that's not where I'm at with this. And and any time that COVID, which I don't want to speak much of on this show or in general, wants to go away, yeah, you can go away soon because I'm done with this. Uh, what else we got, man? So this last question before we uh, take a break, huh? We mentioned on the last show about some of the cuts, and one of them was a Fulgham, the wide receiver. And I know at one point we both kind of had high hopes for this guy being able to at least make the roster and maybe do a little something for the team. He was one of the cuts earlier. Was it uh, Geronimo, your boy? He uh, he uh, decided to opt out of this out of the season. So it's a couple guys that we were looking to maybe make the roster, and um, at least maybe they weren't going to be like you know one through three wide receivers, but maybe be able to come up a little bit on the chart. Do you feel that the wide receiver room is still a uh, like one of the strengths of this team, or do those two guys missing maybe put a, a little hurt on it? Griffco, before I get to your question, I have to do something I often do, which is address something else that you mentioned as you led up to your question, and it's simply this. I've taught you over the years that you need to say names with respect. A certain guy used to play for the Detroit Lions. His name was Sean. And I finally got you to where you did. Now I've taught you that there's a new guy on the team that will probably be a good football player for this team in a couple years. His name is Sean. (laughs) So when you say the name of Geronimo Allison, can you do it with a little bit of luster, a little bit of gusto? It goes a little something like this. Geronimo Allison. (laughs) Can, can you do that? Your, your Geronimo was horrible. Geronimo! Allison. Okay. A- act like somebody's pushing you out of the plane like I want to do half the time on this show before you say his <laughs> name. So It's okay uh, as long as I'm wearing a, wearing a, uh, a pack. Okay. <laughs> Griffka, are you jumping out of a plane? I, I don't see you doing that. I know I'm not. Dude, I would do that in a second. I would skydive. I would love that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've had friends do it, and they say it's a blast. So, yeah, I, I would do that. I would love to see that, Griff. I think skydiving is, uh, well, not that, uh, it's not that great. (laughs) I'm I'm not trying to die just to uh, say I jumped out of a plane with a chute on my back, hoping that it opens. But let, let me get back to your question at hand. It's about the wide receivers. Griff, because we lost, Geronimo! And, uh, and who? Lacey? Who was the other guy you brought up? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Lacey, Lacey and Fulgham. Fulgham? Again. Yep. Uh, Fulgham, Grifka. Travis Fulgham. Oh, Fulgham. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we, we lost nothing there. You want to know, again, why I bang on you about, like, team building, personnel? You know what Geronimo Allison did us? He did us a tremendous favor by opting out for a couple of reasons. I think he makes a million bucks, which is a nothing contract. I think he has some talent. 
if he decides to come back and play in 2021, that's a beautiful thing because last time I checked, we have no receivers in 2021 under contract right now. Everybody assumes Kenny Galladay gets done. Everybody acts like, oh, let's bring Danny Amendola back till he's 40 years old. We have no receivers. So if he comes back and just, you know, is a serviceable three, four, five wide receiver in 2021, that's much more helpful than maybe being cut from this team this year, which he probably would have been, you know, Chris Lacey is everybody's favorite, either special teamer or guy that done, has done nothing. Um, so that that meant nothing to me. And like I said, the disconcerting part is to get rid of Travis Fulgham, who was a guy that made some plays in preseason, had some good highlights in college, has the size and ability, looks like a, like a in the words of Grifka, a poor man's Marvin Jones. But he never got an opportunity in the games, and now he's got picked up by the Green Bay Packers, who I'm sure just picked him up, put him under the red, hot red light, and said, all right, tell us about the Detroit Lions offense before we cut you. Um, so he's going to give away all our secrets and, and give away all these little tidbits to the hated Packers over there. Yeah, that's disconcerting, because I felt like you could have kept um, your boy Marvin Hall, who you took, what, in the fifth or sixth round of our Detroit Lions draft. I mean, you keep him as your fourth receiver. Um, it's horrible pick by Grifka after I had all the receivers on the team. I mean, what other choice did he have? But you can keep him, you could keep Cephas, and you could have probably kept a guy like Fulgham, who, even if he's not on the active roster, could have been a, a special team guy. He could have been a guy you, you built for another year. I mean, I hate when these mid-six-round picks or so just get booted after one season. I mean, what, you let him play in two football games? So... I don't think this impacts like their receiver core. I mean, you still got three solid guys. You've got a fourth guy that has speed, kind of a one-trick pony. I mean, you like to, you know, say that's going to give Cephas a lot of opportunities, but I mean, as a team builder, yeah, I would like another player in there that's a mid-level talent. I think they'll probably be able to pick that up at some point before things get rolling, or maybe once they have an injury or two. But None of these cuts really made a big deal for me. Not 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 a big issue other than the Fulgham just kind of frustrated me a little bit. So did I hear you right? You thought they might go and uh, maybe sign another wide receiver? Is that what you said? Like maybe a pickup somewhere? Yeah, I think I think every year there's there's lots of guys that get cut or guys that can fill a role. I mean, even what a year ago the Lions brought in a, a nice vet. I don't know why his name's escaping me right now. Well, but, curse? Uh, was it curse? And they yeah. got injured? Yeah, curse. He broke his leg or something. I mean, that was a nice little sneaky signing that I was uh, optimistic on that never really got an opportunity. So I think, you know, if needed, they'll, they'll go ahead and do that. I wouldn't expect a big splash player, but they have to know that they don't have, they're not set up for next year. So I wouldn't mind if a, if a younger guy with some upside gets cut. Yeah, I think you would would need to bring him in, not even so much for this year, but stash him away as, as hey, maybe this guy can be a three or a four next year um, for this wide receiving core because right now it's just so empty and you, you can't just go draft, you know, two guys and, and have Kenny. That's not really the best way to go either. So, yeah, I think they could definitely add to that group. Okay. I really like your take on there. Um, like you said, losing those few guys, I don't think it really hurt the room. It's not like you're losing out on, you know, Jerry Rice and Michael Irvin all of a sudden. So, uh, yeah, they'll just, they just might go grab somebody after, you know, cut down day, you know, they'll keep our eye on the waiver wire for that. So I so agree the, with your take there, sir. The reader's digest. You agree. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, let's see this. Let's uh, pay some bills here. Take a pause for the calls. Come right back. Sounds good, Griffka. Everybody, we'll be right back. Please listen to our sponsors. We'll be right back talking all things Detroit Lions. 
You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Detroit Lions fans, this is... Derek Oakry, at Derek Oakry on Twitter of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I got my buddy Grifka here. We talk Lions twice a week, Wednesdays, Fridays. Grifka's got me all stirred up on the show. He's talking about Darius Slay running his mouth. He's talking about COVID. He's, 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 he's worrying about us cutting receivers that really never did anything on this football team. Grifka, what, what, what do we got on the back half of the show? You always try to get me stirred up. You get me all fired up on the show. I mean, we, we got anything good for the people here? Or are you just going to try to try to make me mad? Well, no. Well, because, you know, once again, this is at Grifka DKC, you know, because everybody wants to, everybody, you know, wants to hear my Twitter as well. So uh, <laughs> let's do this. Uh, I, I know you don't want to talk about COVID, but hmm. this has more to do with, like, the Lions oh, yeah, offseason yeah. and the NFL draft. With the way college football is going now, with everything being either canceled or pushed back to the spring, I, I got a few questions for you. You know, do you think the first question is with everything maybe being pushed back to the spring because Big Ten is looking to maybe go in the spring? It came out after, you know, shortly before um, we did we did our Wednesday show that the Pac-12 is also doing the same, same canceling the fall, maybe looking to go to the spring. What do you think about some of those guys that, um, you know, obviously high round picks, you know, Mel Kuyper has not pegged somewhere in the first round. If if they do play in the spring, do you think that these guys are more off to like maybe sit out and just prepare for the draft? Well, I mean, this is the part of the show, I guess, Griffith, where you, you get me mad by talking about all these non-football, but you spin it towards the draft and spin it football. So I'll, I'll let you get away with it. I mean... Is the question, is it going to impact the draft? Do people opt out or don't play or they play later in the spring? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah. Do you think more of the high, more the high profile players like those, you know, you want to say like guaranteed, you know, first, second round picks, they don't want a chance getting hurt. So they might opt out of spring football just to prepare for the draft. Yeah. I got you. Main reason I asked because I wanted to hear you tee up the whole question again. You, you did about yeah, half the question. I tried to make it shorter for you though. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, the top, I mean, here's how it's going to go down. Like if they, if they try to play some ridiculous full season or a bunch of games in the spring, yeah, nobody's going to play that's worth anything in the NFL draft. I mean, it makes no sense. Um, you'll get, you'll get certain players that, oh, I just, I'm there for my team. You know, that's going to be few and far between. If they come up with a crazy, awesome option, like we talked about on the Wednesday show and like Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks and company talked about, about a four to six game season and, and make it very manageable, maybe push the draft back from April to sometime in May and, 
you know, the combine and give them a little bit more time. I mean, I think that's all doable, but yeah, I mean, you've already seen really top college players opt out or just say they're just going to get ready for the draft. I mean, it makes a ton of sense on a lot of different levels. And I think that that's the smart thing for them to do. It's, 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 you know, tough to not see, you know, the Rondell Moores, the Mike Parsons, the, um, you know, these, these top college football players, you know, lots of receivers like Bateman and, you know, all these guys that are really intriguing to watch aren't going to play college football regardless of when it's played. So that that's disappointing from a fan perspective and a draft, a guy that loves the draft and wants to see what these guys can do in their junior, senior year. But it is what it is at this point. So I'm not, I'm not holding against the players. They got to do what they got to do. But I think, yeah, you'll see a lots of people just say, ah, it's just not worth it. I got to protect myself, my family, my position. But that's just where we're at right now, especially when they're going to delay it. I mean, I wish they just would have went with football here and see what happens. You know, like um, you can always call it off after a couple games, but to just not try and, and say, oh, we just the liability that this is just so disappointing but here's the thing and this is like a whole topic i don't know if we want to get into it but what i've learned recently Griffco, why does the ncaa have no buddy over top of them no singular people or committee that that tells them what they need to do in regards to medical testing and they just it's there's no governing anything yet they make billions and billions of dollars people are acting like oh well they can't really i mean they're not the nfl they basically make similar money when they comes to their tv rights and all the things they have why is there nobody over top of all these presidents and teams telling them months ago i don't know maybe in march or april hey we got to get uh, testing protocols. We got to be uniform. They just feel like they waited until two weeks before the season's supposed to start and said, ah, we can't figure it out. We'll just, we'll just punt on the season. Why is that? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I hear you on that. Just, uh, I know some schools, a lot of good uh, schools out there with uh, medical facilities, They like Michigan said, they believe they've come up with, um, you know, a nice prototype for other schools to follow. But uh, like you said, there's a lot of smart people out there and why the NCAA, like you said, liability, I I got it. But, you know, to not even try and just say, we'll just try to go in the spring. You're you're affecting, you're affecting a lot of guys, um, you know, I guess, you know, future. I mean, Joe Burrow said if he didn't get the opportunity to play last year, there was a really good chance he wasn't even going to get drafted. So there's going to be guys that might have to chance it in the spring just to get some tape out there so they can get drafted. You know, so that kind of leads my next question to you. What do you think, like, guys like yourself who like to, you know, do big draft boards, you know, all the analysts on, you know, ESPN, Fox Network, stuff like that, what type of tape? They're just going to go with, like, last season's tape? Or you think, like, maybe NFL teams will be able to get some workouts for some of these guys? Griffin, I I don't think it matters, to be honest. There's lots of people that are saying it's going to be the Wild West. Like, you got no idea who you're drafting because you haven't seen this most recent year. And, and, you know, what if there's not even a combine again? They're just getting way ahead of themselves. Like, last time I checked, you go ahead and you watch Micah Parsons. 
he's a hell of a football player. He can run, he can tackle. He's just a slam dunk from the linebacker position. You go watch Dylan Moses. Yeah, I don't have to see his most recent games to know he's been a beast since about nine years old. You know, you you got Rondale Moore. He runs like the wind from Purdue. Uh, I don't think he's going to become slow because he didn't play a, a college football game in the last year. Like, I think people not only overthink it, but they just doomsday scenario. I don't know somebody like I do a podcast with twice a week, like you that always thinks the sky is falling when it's not, it's just football. These guys can play or they can't. Okay. Maybe you'll miss that diamond in the rough in the sixth round that you would have found at, you know, Weatherby college out and who knows where that just, uh, you know, you want to take a flyer on and that might actually be good. Or maybe you'll, stop overthinking the draft and just go draft the stud players in the first five plus rounds that fit your team and roll with that and not act like, you know, it's end all be all like to me, Grifka tape is fun to not only watch, but it's also a great, you know, thing to use, but it's all, it's not the end all. Like these guys have height, weight, speed. They've got production already. It's not like you're telling me, Hey, we got to go into the draft and you got to draft high school juniors. Good luck with that. Like, no, these guys have college tape production ability. They've been at schools. You kind of know, like I was telling you recently, I've reached the next level at my DTO scouting office here where I've got 2021 um, free agents for the Detroit Lions kind of parsed out to some degree. And then I've also got a whole board of, of rookie targets because I kind of know what the Lions will need in the next year or so. And guys at that position, you know, multiple guys at those positions and who might be good. So I'm not sitting here spinning my, well, I'm not going to know who's going to, we should take. Yeah. I already got, you know, tons of prospects on my radar. I don't need to see them every day of the week to know if they're going to be NFL worthy or not. Like it, it, it adds a little bit of intrigue and a little bit of question marks, but you're not sitting there worrying about the top studs. And to my advice to evaluators and people in general is stop worrying about these, you know, late seventh rounders that you think you're finding these gems all day, every day. I mean, you got these scouts out there spending all year and what half the time or more of these guys wash out. So, you know, either they got to pick up step the game up as we normally play here as a sound drop on the show or like, you know, just go draft players that are a bit more established this year. And then next year you can go mind for your, your late seventh round find that no one's ever heard of. I mean, not a big deal in my opinion. Okay. So say uh, there is no college football played at all. And much like the sport, they did not speak when they canceled those seasons, they shortened their baseball draft, which is obviously many, many more rounds. You think if there's no football played that the NFL may shorten their NFL draft and maybe instead of seven, maybe going down to like down to like five? No. Or do you think it's always just going to stay seven? No, no. It's, Grifka, the only reason they would shorten the draft is if you were the GM because they'd have to shorten it till about the mid-second round so that you could uh, nail your first two picks and then walk away with your head held high. These guys are paid professionals. Grifka, I have even at my house, which I do this not only for fun, but I'm building my ability to sort of evaluate and understand how this process works. Grifka, if you told me the NFL draft was tomorrow and I had 10 picks in seven rounds, I, I could make the picks, you know, I could work my way through that draft. So no, you don't shorten it for a ton of reasons. I mean, uh, you, what you think these teams that have lots of picks in the sixth, seventh round based on tra- trades two years ago. Oh yeah. No big deal. Just, we, we didn't want to use those anyway. No, those are valuable assets for a team. Also like these guys, you know what? The NFL draft is 200 some players. I mean, 
there's no reason to shorten it. If anything, it needs to be expanded because there's still so many good undrafted free agents and things in, in college football that, you know, have to go through that odd process, which is some random bidding war that nobody knows even how it works or when it starts or what's going on. So if anything expanded, no, you're never going to just cut it off because these NFL GMs and anybody that follows a draft can, can draft for days. You know, that's not a problem. Okay. And um, once again, like like you said, if they if it's played in the spring, they're going to probably start sometime in March. And if they play, you know, what, 12, you know, 12 weeks, 13 weeks, 14 weeks, kind of what it drags out in, in the fall. Do you still envision the NFL draft at the end of April? Or do you think they may push it back maybe into May, you know, maybe even early June? I don't know. Like I, I haven't even really thought that far. I've also kind of just been bummed. I, I would hate for it to get pushed back too much because it's just one of my favorite events of the year. I just think it fits there. End of April, mid May at the latest, you know, you've, you've got to do that because the, the NFL, let's say they get through their whole season. Like the lions aren't going to be wanting to wait till June to draft and what you're going to get your rookies in and, in you know, mid early July. I mean, it's just you can't compact everything again for a second year. You'd want the NFL to stay as normal as possible if they're able to get through their season. And college football is going to be the one that has to adjust because they're the ones that canceled and they're the ones that have to acquiesce to the NFL. They are the feeder system for the NFL. So they're either going to cut their season down by a ton of games or they're going to move it up so early that it's going to be done by you know, whatever it needs to be so that then the players can have whatever time they need. Cause it's not even the draft. It's like, you got to fit in workouts, combine interviews, you know, the, the senior uh, bowl and all those uh, events for the seniors and, and graduating guys that are going in, you got to fit all that in. That's very important to the process. So we we've seen that you can do that. You can do the draft without some of those things, but those are a lot more important than playing a couple random college games that you don't need. And like I say, if anything, just condense it down to give me a, give me a couple games and, and don't even give me a champion. Just say, Hey, here's a few games to satisfy you and to let the players play, you know, the Michigan, Ohio state game, the, you know, the big game that LSU or, or Alabama might have, and, and then just call it good. You know, Hey, this was our token to college football fans with no, no champion, no nothing even throw the records out the window, to be honest, just a couple exhibitions almost it would feel like. But um, yeah, I, I don't see the draft getting pushed back too much. I, it could happen. Uh, you know, I think it has some wiggle room, but I think the NFL likes to stay on schedule as much as possible. And gosh, the Detroit Lions need to keep building their team. You know, they, they need to, they're going to have some rebuilding, both at receiver, or maybe uh, tackle position, maybe um, rush end. You know, you can always use another freaky linebacker corner. Like they got a lot of work to do next year to kind of stay where I hope they end this year, which is with a good record and some good mojo. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I'm hoping that everything sort of stays as is and college football just has to figure out what the heck they're doing. Okay. Uh, last question on this, just a quick answer. Um, the draft this year, would you like to see it the way they old, the old way they did it with like, you know, you know, 30 guys in the green room, you know, going up on stage, shaking, you know, Goodell's hand, or would you rather see, you know, Goodell in his quote unquote man cave, that look like a, a man shed or a she shed <laughs> and uh, having everybody at home, you know, getting photos of them at home, which way would you rather have the draft? Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I think it's an easy answer. I think if, if, if the world's back to normal, you obviously go back to the big pomp and circumstance draft just because it's a better TV event and it's something that everybody enjoys to see these guys a bit more and have all the walking up to the podium, holding the jersey, all that. But if we're still in this ridiculous, bizarro land that we're in now, yeah, just you do it again, even a little bit bigger maybe than you did this past year, build off some of the good things they did in the virtual draft and and hope that's the final one you ever have to do. You know what I mean? But um, I, I'm looking back to I'm looking forward to getting back to some normalcy, Grifka. This is wearing thin on me. I got to be honest. It's like the first few little bit, it was fine. Now it's just like, all right, I'm, I'm done with this. Let's let's figure out a vaccine or or get get rid of this because it's it's just complicating life much more than we need to at this point okay man good stuff i, I really like that like you said just uh more worried about uh your one of your big enjoyments there uh, how uh how this all affecting your draft prep and how it would affect the nfl so it's good stuff there derek Griffith, you know what we got to do like i know everybody's freaked out with the, the situation now but we're, we're definitely going to have to get you over to the DTO scouting office this season. See how I operate on a, on a Saturday, Sunday when we've got football everywhere. I got about 15 screens on at one time. We can uh, show you all the work that I've actually put in rather than sitting on the uh, lazy boy chair and pretending, you know, um, watch a lions game together, eat a bunch of food that I've uh, been avoiding here recently and, and enjoy ourselves here on a football weekend. So we need to make that happen. Mask or no mask. Ask. Like I'm pretty sure as much, even though you go to a lot of functions, you're out walking around, you're, you know, doing whatever you do, uh, entertain your kids all the time. I'm pretty sure you don't have the Rona. So we need to get you and maybe a couple of my buddies over for a big football, either Sunday or maybe even a Saturday, Sunday combo and just hang out at the Oakley, Oakley bachelor pad DTO scouting office and enjoy some football without worrying about the rest of the world for a day or two. Yeah, that would be fun. Sit around, talk some football, watching games, eat some junk food, uh, make us feel all lethargic. So, in the words of you, Grifka, I know that especially on our Smack Talk podcast, you you poo pooed my uh, DTO scouting office. You act like oh, big deal. You got a couple uh, magnets up. You got a couple names, Grifka. It's is pretty impressive. I got to say, like I'd put this against some of the, the jabroni GM, maybe like the GM in New York with the giants. I mean, I put my scouting room against Dave Gettleman any day of the week right now. <laughs> I got data everywhere. I'm ready to roll. That knucklehead's got a, a three by five card, like somebody else I know and thinks he knows what he's doing over there for that football team. Bob Quinn, even a little bit shaky with his dry erase board. And, Oh, you know, my kids were helping me. And I mean, I'm sitting here with, with data and boards and, and dry erases and, and computer screens rolling everywhere. So it, it's fun, man. It's fun to do. And like I say, I'm hoping to make a career out of this. And every time I put more data up on these boards or work on my computer or break down a player, it's just really fun. You know what I mean? We kind of always talk about it and we say, you know, oh, I know this or that. But the more you dive into it and the more you get ahead of the game, like, I've really had fun with my 53, not my 53. I put all 90 guys up on a little uh, magnetic board, offense and defense. I think I put some pictures out on that on Twitter that people could see it. And it's been fun just like taking the names off as they go off. I have another board that just sort of is um, cuts, injuries, COVID, suspension, 
um, offense and defense IR. So I'll be able to track all that all year with these little uh, magnets. And I know some people are going to say, well, what do you use the magnets for? Like you could just do it on Excel or something. Like there's something to be said with being able to move these guys around, take them on and off and, and virtually see it and touch it rather than be on a one look at a computer screen where you got to switch tabs, you got to scroll, you know, I can just see all this at a, at a mind's glance. So I know you didn't ask me any of that, but I'm just telling the people out there that have seen the draft room and I've seen some of the things I'm doing. Like it really reminds me of why the NFL still does it the way they do it, because there's just something to getting in here and being able to see all your top prospects broken out, being able to move them off, up, down, all around without just trying to do it all on a, on a computer 24 seven. So really fun. I hope to continue. It's, it's funny the the DTO scouting has went from nothing like probably eight some years ago to like every year it's gotten a little better, you know, from how I did it to what my process was to how, how it looks visually and, and how much better I am at it. So I just tell people, if you love, you know, evaluating, you love football, don't apologize for it because like people come in and see my draft room and they're kind of like they would never spend the time to do any of this. But if they love football at a high level, it is pretty cool to see. And it is um, something that I'm proud that I built and also something that's really fun to do throughout the season. Like we're heading up to the season, man. I'm going to get to work the Lions roster just like some of the personnel guys are only I'm doing it here from my my home office, you know. <clears throat> and then, like you say, same with the draft, like I'm the drafts who knows almost a year away yet I'm still kind of got names and people already on my radar I think that's what it takes to be on top of it so I know that's a little bit of a tangent a little bit of a rant but it's something I'm real passionate about I'm proud of and uh yeah when you come and see this you'll be like man you know I maybe you knocked it the first time but I think it's uh it's even stepped up to the next level and it's pretty fun to look at all this data that's up here. So um, we'll make that happen. We'll have to get you over here and, and see what big Hughes is doing. Maybe my buddy chops, a few of my other friends and just see if we can't take in a lions game or two this year here at the ultimate football uh, abode, which is the Oak Creek Casa. Sounds like a good plan, man. Sounds like a good plan. So Griffka, don't think I'm getting out of here without asking you this. I mean, for weeks, for months, for years, since we started this show. At the end of the show, I ask you one simple question, and you continue to just astonish the people with the things you give them on a weekly basis. So I'm going to do it again. I'm going to keep the streak going. I'm going to ask simply, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, Nope. Oh my goodness. It's unbelievable. I don't know why it makes me laugh. I, I bet you, I, I'm, I'm guaranteeing people get a kick out of it that uh, one day, I think you might've done it on one other show. Maybe when we did the Bizarro show, I let you get something in at the end, but months, years from now, Griffka, you're going to have to give us an incredible nugget at the end of the show about global warming or about some random topic that you just have a huge take on out of nowhere. But Everybody loves the Griff Canope to end the show, and we love talking Detroit Lions. So, fun show. Uh, good topics by Griff He got me all stirred up, and we also talk draft, which I always love. So, everybody, have a great weekend. We'll be back here next week. The Lions will be on the practice field. We'll have more and more to talk about. And I can't believe actual NFL football is two to three weeks away. Can't wait for it. Everybody take care. Drink it in. Have a great weekend. We're out. Over. It is over! What a comeback by the Lions!
drink it in, man.